0: But first, now to the Ukraine. And despite the courage and battlefield success, Ukrainians have displayed over the past four months, it now appears Russia may be gaining the upper hand. In the past week, the Russians have taken ground in the Donbass region, where Ukrainian leaders say they are being outgunned. And whilst the US pledged a $1 billion support package earlier this week, there are concerns that support from the West may be waning. Joining us to discuss the recent Operation movements in the Ukraine and their significance and the future of the conflict. I'm pleased to welcome retired Major General Mick Ryan, who yesterday was one of the 121 people blacklisted by Russia. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Ryan, and welcome back to Saturday Extra.
1: Thanks. It's great to be with you this morning.
0: Now, Mick, I hope you weren't planning on visiting Russia anytime soon. You've made this stop list. What do you think Putin's motivations are here? I mean, what does it achieve by banning people, you know, halfway around the world?
1: Um, firstly, can I say I'm very proud to be on that list. If <laughs> the, the small contributions I've made in, in bringing some transparency to what the Russians have done has added me to the list. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be there. Now, I, I mean, this is more tit for tat, I think, from Putin. The, the list is uh, an interesting one. It's almost uh, 50% journalists and commentators, which says something about their desire to not show what Russia is doing in this war. But in many respects, it's just a response to pre- previous. Um, Australian aid to Ukraine.
0: Mm. Uh, I noticed that you've, you've written recently that both sides are reaching operational exhaustion with mounting losses, but that Russia has learnt from past lessons. I mean, how significant are the gains that they've made this week, particularly when you look at the battle in that Luhansk pocket?
1: Yeah, I mean, the start of every war features uh, a lot of learning by both sides, regardless of how much historical experience you have. Mm. Um, And the Russians, um, you know, had to really blow a lot of the cobwebs out um, and they did a really awful job of it in the north. They've learned from that. um, And whilst their improvements are marginal in some areas, it's just enough for them to be able to make these grinding advances in in the Donbass that we've seen over the last six to eight weeks or so.
0: Mm. I was interested to read um, reports last night that or yesterday afternoon that the head of the UK's armed forces has said Russia has already strategically lost the war in Ukraine and is now a more diminished power. That was the Admiral Sir Tony Radican, um saying that you know Russia was suffering heavy losses and running out of troops. What do you make of those comments?
1: Well, I think there's a lot to those comments, mm. frankly. Um, the fact that uh, Russia has invaded a sovereign democracy, you know, that that, that alone uh, is a strategic loser for them. Uh, the fact they've demonstrated poor military prowess means that in future people won't be as uh, bluffed by Russian military might. Um, and just the way they have treated the Ukrainian people as you know essentially subhumans to brutalise, to rape, to torture mm. and murder arbitrarily, uh, says a lot of bad things about the Russian state, and it's going to be a stain on their nation for a long way to come. Mm.
0: What do you get the feeling that's more important here in determining a Russian victory? Is it the economic realities of this war, or is it developments in the field, or is it not as binary as that?
1: Well, I don't. I don't think a, a Russian victory is certain. Um, I think it's quite uncertain, mm. and certainly Ukraine at this point is quite capable of winning this war and, and pushing the Russians out if they get um, the support they need from the West. This has become a war of industrial production. Um, both sides have drawn down um, their ammunition holdings and weapon holdings that they would have as a peacetime military. Now is the time where industrial production on both sides will need to step up to support the production of weapons, ammunition, but also the training and induction of tens of thousands of new soldiers.
0: Mm, And that industrial production would rely on how heavily the Ukrainians can lean on their, their Western friends. Before we get to that, how imperative is it that this conflict, particularly for the Ukrainians, stays centre stage in the Western media? Are you sensing at all that there's any, you know, war fatigue, say, creeping in with Western leaders?
1: Um, I don't think war fatigue is the right term, but certainly with um, issues such as interest rate changes we've seen in many nations around the world over the last few weeks. Uh, and inflation, the costs of fuel, food, and and other costs of living. People certainly get distracted. So I don't think people are war weary. At the end of the day, it's not Western people who are having to bleed on the battlefield. Mm. Uh, But, you know, attention to the war, I think, has waned. And for the Ukrainians to continue to receive large amounts of Western aid, they will need Western leaders to uh, continue to tell their people why it's important to support Ukraine.
0: Mm. Well, we saw that billion-dollar package from the US announced this week. How important will that be?
1: Well, it's part of a uh, a long series of US packages of aid. The United States, of course, is the, the largest contributor of military um, and economic assistance to Ukraine in this war. But it was... Uh, came against the context of a gathering of about 50 countries in Europe uh, to support Ukraine. We saw that announcement by Secretary Austin in the wake of that. And it was about setting an example for everyone else to chip in aid to assist Ukraine.
0: Mm. That interview that I'm sure you're aware of um, with the BBC and the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, certainly showed Russian resolve. Uh, Lavrov said, we didn't invade Ukraine. We declared a special military operation because we had absolutely no other way of explaining to the West that dragging Ukraine into NATO was a criminal act. I mean, that is the words of a man who is not backing down, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think we can draw from that and the statements of other Russian senior military leaders and the president himself. They don't think they're losing this war. They think it may not be going as well as they planned. But they intend to fight this war to the end. And for them, the end is a Russian victory. We just need to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: Mm. Do you think now, realistically, that uh, Ukrainians, the Ukrainians are going to have to cede any territory to work towards a resolution, a peaceful resolution, particularly in light of the NATO Secretary-General's comments earlier this week during that press conference in Finland?
1: Um, I don't see why they should at this point, um, and I don't see why they should at any point in the future. I mean, every war has its back and forths. Um, the Russians did poorly in the first phase, uh, but remember, the Ukrainians are making progress in the south. They've taken back the second city of Kharkiv. Things look a little grim at the moment in a small part of the east of the country. Now, we shouldn't be Uh, drawing conclusions about the end of the war from this one battle. And remember, the uh, Mm. leaders of Germany, India, uh, Romania um, and Italy, sorry, not India, Italy, have said they won't press for concessions on territory to end the war from Ukraine.
0: Mm. So where do you see the next geographic literal battleground here?
1: I think the east and the south are the two main areas of focus at the moment. The Russians may, if they indeed capture the remainder of Luhansk, decide to continue uh, with the momentum they've um, generated in the east to try and take the rest of Donetsk. But they also have a lot of problems in the south, around Kherson, where the Ukrainians are making progress, taking back territory there. But north of Kharkiv, there's an interesting back and forth there as well, which we should also keep our eye on.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm sure you would have seen it at the recent visit to Kiev with the German, Italian and French leaders. They're all supporting um, that idea of granting immediate EU uh, candidate status to the Ukraine. We've seen Ursula von der Leyen wearing her blue and yellow, giving uh, the, the EU's blessing for Ukraine to become an official candidate. There will be a final decision next week on this. A, do you think that's going to happen? But B, what, si- what sort of a reaction do you think that's going to provoke from Putin?
1: Um, you know, I don't think he'll be terribly happy because it's another thing that legitimises the Ukrainian state, which he has been keen to not do all the way through this. His speech, even before the war, was all about delegitimising the sovereignty and the notion of Ukrainian statehood. But more importantly, this is about um, economic assistance to a country that's seen its output, its GDP, drastically reduced. I imagine if Australia's GDP was reduced by 25% overnight. I mean, these are the kind of challenges that Ukraine is facing now and being part of the EU in the future will help them deal with these economic challenges in the future.
0: Mm, It's interesting. One of our uh, listeners has texted in saying, peace through negotiations is the solution, not warmongering. What do you think, Mick, Uh, now the mechanisms available to the Ukrainians to sustain that Western support, circling back to your original ideas and thoughts on how it's imperative for the Ukrainians to uh, encourage the Western allies to keep this front and centre, to keep them um, with uh, supporting the message that the West must support Ukraine.
1: Well, I think first and foremost, the Ukrainians have got to continue to show, as they have throughout this war, that this is a country, that it's a polity, that it's a people that is worth defending, that is worth supporting. Um, and they've done that not just through their courage, but by the fact they're a democracy and even things like these war crimes trials have been transparent and done in accordance with the law. So that's very important. Um, President Zelensky's outreach to many different governments, multinational Uh, organisations, universities, schools will remain important. But the government of Ukraine, through its diplomats around the world, including the great ambassador to um, Australia, um, will need to continue providing information and insights to uh, our governments to ensure our governments are able to convince our own people that this is a cause that remains worth supporting in the long term.
0: Mm. Your book, War Transformed, The Future of 21st Century Great Power, Competition and Conflict. Do you look into uh, leadership there? And that question comes from, you know, President Zelensky, the energy that we've seen him. I mean, is that something that you, you haven't seen before from from a leader?
1: No, it's actually something we've seen a lot of throughout history. <clears throat> you know, um, academics argue Over this uh, great man theory or great person theory. Um, The reality is the right person at the right time with the right leadership can make a massive difference. We saw this with Churchill at the beginning of the Second World War. We've seen it in our own country at different times, but President Zelensky is the most important politician uh, in Europe at the moment, potentially in the world. His leadership, his courage Um, and how he has unified his country but also international opinion remains a crucial part of Ukraine's approach to this war.
0: Well, Mick, as always, it's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And that's retired Major General Mick Ryan, who served with the ADF for more than 30 years. He also writes for the Sydney Morning Herald. And as I just mentioned, his new book is called War Transformed, The Future of 21st Century Great Power Competition and Conflict. Well, up next on RN, tax planning. Yes. Do you use copious amounts of legal and financial advice to minimise tax? Well, keep listening.